0: Ko te reo, te mauri, o te mana Māori.
1: The language is the ethos of Māori.
0: E ki a katoa te koutou ki irirangi o Aotearoa, ko marae And I'm Justine Murray and you're listening
1: to Radio New Zealand National and this is Te Ahika, the Kopapa Māori programme offering up an exploration of things Māori.
0: Well, this week sure has been a busy one,
1: neha Justine. Aira, ko tēnei tera o te wiki o te reo Māori.
0: Ara, te wiki o te tau ki te Māori. Yep, and while it's one week of the year where everyone should give the Māori language a go, there's nothing to stop you from doing it every
1: day. One person who has literally helped thousands to do that has been Dr Katarina Mataira, who, earlier this week, received this Flash
0: as Language Award. Cathy Jews, a fellow Te reo Māori advocate, was at the ceremony alongside a who's who of Māori. There are very
2: few who know the extent of the work that Katarina has done, um, but even then, those few, I believe,
1: don't know the true extent of the work that she does. Despite all the accolades Katarina Mataira has achieved in her lifetime, for her husband Junior Mataira, it comes down to some simple basics in terms of the legacy they want to leave their immediate whanau.
3: The most central thing of all is our hope that they are going to be good people.
0: And we round off this edition of Te Kar with an interview with an old schoolmate of mine, Tane Mete, who along with Theodore Royal is pioneering Māori dance performance through their own dance company, Okarika.
4: For the years of, of finding the discipline, we're able to go away now, take that discipline and create work that suits us. And it seems that our voice um, as Māori artists is really coming alive mm. and we definitely want to, want to collaborate with many uh, Māori artists in New Zealand. Mm. And I think that's the way that we're now being able to give back.
5: Mm. Yeah, definitely.
1: Tāne Mite and Taiaroa Royal, join us a little later. Koe rāna kaupape e whae ake nei. That's what's coming up on Te Ahika.
0: mai na ki te ahika. Kote first up. How's this for commitment? At four months old, a te wake went to school. Well, Reo, which is like kindy, but school nevertheless.
1: And it was at the kohangareo or pangaru, that's in Te Tai Tokerau land up north, that he was immersed in te reo Māori. Ma'am, what time, oh,
6: what, what, how old was I when I started kohanga? Oh, gosh. Four
1: months?
6: Four months. Oh, my gosh, till when... Till five, a, eh? Four, till four, yeah, till school. Yeah. Honestly, you know, in Pangaroo, there was, like, um, there was a kohanga, like, where we live. Yeah. In Waiho. There was about six kohanga just in Pangaroo. Six kohanga? Six kohanga in this one tiny community. That's when heaps of people used to live here. But then everybody started migrating to get, to find mahi, to get all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah.
1: The whole drift towards Auckland, eh? Yeah, the migration. You did mention that you went to Kowhaiarial from the age of four months to mm. five years old. How was it? I mean, it's obviously, young age to remember, but you know, if you can sort of uh, remember back to that stage, how was going to Kowhaiarial important to you? How did it affect your um, your eventual education?
6: Well, I think it, it, it played a big role in in what was to become my future, my education at secondary, or at primary intermediate, and at secondary. School as well, because not only do you learn the the um you know the fundamentals of actually how to hold a pen, how <laughs> to how to draw a shape, how to recognise a number, but not only does you know how to d- learn how to do that, but you also learnt how to do that in Te Māori, to know that that was not only number one, it was tahi as well. It played a big part of my life, Kōhanga um with regards to transition. The the transition from Kōhanga into into primary education into you know into school when you turn five, because you learn like motor schools, and I just remember m- making a, having a lot of fun singing as loud as I can, and all in Maori and talking being able to talk with the kaiako, in Maori if they were to ask me to do something in Maori, I can remember, oh yeah, I know what that means, mm. I know what she 's talking about back those days in the early nineties for me. I used to, like. I I, put, I had a very um, good understanding of Te Reo Maori, and when my aunties and uncles used to talk to me in Maori, I used to have the sort of. I used to be shy, shy to respond to them in Maori. I I knew I could, but I was. I think you may even say I was pretty. I was like scared to actually try because I was scared I might be wrong, but I mean it played a big part in in um, transitioning into Kura, into school. You learn the early, the, the fundamentals of te reo Māori, you know, the basics. Kyoda, horoi renga, haere ki te takoro, haere ki waho, you know, all those simple commands, you, you become familiar.
1: I mean, obviously, when you finish Kohanga Reo, the transition into um, year one, mm. um, onto year eight or or, or seventh form, mm. carrying that through from when you were tamariki, um, or pepi, really, yeah. to your um, teenage years has shaped who you are uh, today?
6: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Coming from Kohangadil into primary, intermediate and secondary schools, um, I sort of developed a passion I suppose for Te Reo Māori because I was like, I, I consider myself very lucky to um, be able to go to Kohangadil, start my schooling from year one to year eight in total immersion Te Reo Māori. I consider myself lucky and because it did open more doors for me in school. Um, like, we could go to a hui in Auckland about something to do with something Māori. We would, like, the ones who came to Kohanga reo, who, you know, who were fluent in Te Reo Māori were obviously chosen first because we may have to speak on, on some take. Yes. So, so I sort of found that, found that you know, very, very very lucky. And um, it just opened more doors for me. Um... Especially when I got to secondary school, because I don't know, we, we sort of felt backwards because there, my my class, my class who and my friends who we started school together right up until we left school, we were all the same. We were all brought up in Kohangareo. we all learned, you know, our first years at school all in Maori. And by the time we came to secondary school, I thought we were a bit backwards because we we were doing um, fifth form te reo, School C back those. Back in those days, it was still School C. I think it was the last year of School C. we would we done School C when we were year... Oh, what was it? Form 1?
1: So you were pretty advanced.
6: Form 1. Oh, yeah, but did, You could say that, but it sort of felt backwards to us. I was like, oh, why are we doing for form when we're only, you know, 11, 12, sort of thing. OK. And then that's how it went on for the whole of our secondary. we um done bursary when we were year 10, which is oh, I can't remember. I think it's fourth form. we done seven form T L and then fifth form, we've done oh, a whole raft of other things. We've done university papers at school through Te Wharewananga o Waikato, Te reo papers through them. So it gave us more opportunities because we had um, we had quite a firm grasp on Te Reo Māori. So we got to do these things. We got to actually sit university papers at school, so that was pretty cool. That was exciting. Mm.
1: How do you view um, Te Wiki o on Māori Fati?
6: I think it's it's a really awesome week, and going by what happened last year, on on the broadcasting scale, like just from sitting at home watching Good Morning and listening to what they do on the on the radio, um, it's it's amazing considering um, coming from a time where oh like you you you, you um, watch documentaries and you read um magazine articles and newspaper cuttings of how our um our our tupuna our our aunties and uncles from you know from the sixties and stuff how they fought tooth and nail just so that it can be recognized you know so that Tiro Māori can be recognized coming from like that time looking at that time to now. Oh, it's just, it's just a huge, it's a huge difference like nowadays, and I think it's really awesome for our kids, like for especially our PP, our kids who are still at school who actually see Te Reo Māori being appreciated by Pākehā, on national television, on, on radio. It's just, it, you know, it, Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori makes learning Te Reo Māori, it seem really awesome. It's, it's, it's what everybody's doing these days, so. I know I'm like one of many who say this, but um, we are to try and make it, you know, every day, not just one week. Not just one week, yes. Te tau o te reo Māori, you know, our lifetime of te reo Māori, we need to try and make it so that what happens in te reo, te wiki or te reo Māori happens all year, all year round. Kia ora. Uh, Ko tōku ingoa, ko whatitiri te wake, um, ko panguru te maunga, ko uh, whakarapa awa, rarawa Kia ora.
0: We'll be hearing from him later on when he gives us his understanding of the fakatoki you heard at the beginning of te ahi te, te māori o te mana māori. This week a presentation was made by international NGO non-government organization Linguax to Natipu Katarina Teheikoko Mataira for her outstanding contribution to linguistic diversity and multilingual education. Which basically means she was honored for her lifetime contribution to Tereo Māori, which when you look at it is pretty impressive.
1: As well as leading the way when it came to writing books in te reo Māori back in the 70s, it was Mataira who, alongside composer Ngoi Pefairangi, created
0: Te Atarangi. The method of learning te reo Māori through the use of cuisineres rods, or those coloured rods that were used in maths classes during the 70s and 80s, and
1: theatārangi by far continues to be one of the most popular ways of learning te reo maori
0: kickstarting many a Māori and non-Māori on that language path. Now, as well as that, Minister of Māori Affairs Peter Sharples refers to her as the mother of Kura Kaupapa, because she not only wrote Te Matua, the book that became the blueprint for Māori language secondary schools,
1: But she rolled up her sleeves and got down with the business when it came to setting up the first kura kaupapa in West Auckland, Hwani Waititi, which the Minister has had a close association with, having at
0: one time been the principal there. At the award ceremony held in Parliament this week, Cathy Dewes, principal of one of the other kura kaupapa in the country, Te Kura Kaupapa Māori Mata, spoke with Anna Tāpiata about the status of te reo Māori in this country and how despite the efforts of pioneers like Katarina Mataira, we still have some way to go. Cathy Dewes,
7: what do you think the significance of the LinguaPACS award to Katerina Matairas?
2: Um, I think it's a wake-up call for Māori, it's a wake-up call for Aotearoa uh, that an international organisation from overseas should come and honour our queer who has worked so hard in order that our language, our culture and our values um, be revitalised. Do we not know this? I think that um, there are very few who know the extent of the work that Katarina has done, um, but even then those few, I believe, know the true extent of the work that she does. Um, And then obviously, um, while she's appreciated and much loved and much adored by those of us in Kura Kaupako Māori and um, in the Atarangi movement, um, the rest of the Māori world and the rest of New Zealand society don't have that same appreciation
7: a prophet in your own nation unappreciated uh, yes something like that i'd say so what do you think we should do better um well
2: i believe that she has done enough during her lifetime in a whole um, variety of, of um, fields to warrant a dameship, if that's what you call it. Um, I don't know of another person who has done so much.
7: The Linguapaxes Award is about recognising uh, people's work and the revitalisation of a language. Uh, this is an area that you've worked in for a long time. Can Māoridem learn from other iwi as much as they can learn from us? I've been overseas
2: and I've studied um, other uh, researchers like um, Joshua Fishman, uh, Bernard Spolsky, um, Jim Cummins. and you know, I've been to other countries where they are um, engaged in similar sorts of um, language revitalization projects as we have here. And in every instance, I felt that we were just um, eons ahead of them. Really? Mm-hmm. The, the answers are here. Um, if only we were to look at ourselves more appreciatively, I think we would make greater progress. And then there's the other aspect of it too, whereby we need to have control of the resources that are going to make that happen. We're hamstrung by, um, by government and the control that they have over us. And once we get free of that, um, we'll just take off.
7: I heard that at the end of this year, Te will come out uh, from under the auspices of uh, Awanuiarangi, but then there's no mechanism for funding. What position does that leave Te Atarangi in?
2: Um, well, that's a good example of the um, the power that the government has over us, and that should not be. We should have sovereignty over and authority over our own language and its development. Um, it's something that we need to wrest off them. And I believe that there are moves afoot to, to do that. Um, the Māori Education Authority um, concept, which was floated many, many years ago at a Matawai conference on Māori teachers, um, and then it was um, recommended again with the Peter Sharples and Rose Pere and others' uh, commission, Māori Education Commission report um, and then a from for Māori have certainly been recommending that we need to have our own authority, our own uh, resource Um, which we have total control over. So uh, I believe too that the Māori Party has a proposition for a Minister of Māori Education. Now, uh, I don't know if this is public yet. Uh, Has it already been made public? Anyway, um, it it, it makes good sense. Our own Minister of Māori Education um, with our own Pūte. And um, the same goes again for the Māori Language Commission. It's another government agency which is um, constrained by government policy. Um, So we need to break away from that
7: as well. Do you think that um, Iwi Rūnanga will pick this up?
2: actually of the view that we all pay taxes so we have a right to that uh, to those funds Uh, we shouldn't have to fund it ourselves out of our own pockets so um, as has been proposed that Runanga should come to the party with their you know, whatever size their um, settlement packages are Um, I don't believe that that should happen uh, we pay taxes, we should have a proportionate amount of um, the tax that the government receives.
7: Any thoughts? Um,
2: just to emphasise that Katerina's work is not just about language revitalization, it's about reclaiming a spirituality which Māori have all but lost. I don't know that we truly understand what mana atua is, and our whakapapa, which clearly shows descent and um, possession of ira atua, is not understood and is definitely not utilised. We can use that ira atua to change our world.
7: Kia ora.
0: Kia ora Kathy Jews, the principal of Te Kura Kaupapa Māori Matā in Rotorua, talking with Anna Tapiata at the Lingua Pax Award Ceremony held at Parliament earlier this week.
1: Now they say that behind every good man is an even better woman. Well, in this case, let's
0: reverse those roles. Well, for the meantime, anyway. Husband of Katarina, Junior Mataira also spoke with Anna about his wife of 40 plus years.
3: Oh, kia ora. I am. Uh... Junior, Teratu, Karepa. And I used to say a whole lot of my grandfather's name as well, Mataira. Uh, when teachers used to say to me, I can't call you Junior. And I'd say, well, you try. Matinga tu kareaho, Teratu, Karepa. And they'd say, Junior will do.
7: <laughs> Why are you in Wellington, Junior?
3: Uh, we're in Wellington as a family. To support uh, uh, Te Hei Koko's most recent achievement.
7: That's right, most recent achievements. There have been so many.
3: Uh, We probably think she deserves every one of them in her own way. Who of the family
7: are here? Uh, I see lots of them. Uh,
3: It's a tribe on its own. We have uh, 8 children uh, 10 great-grandchildren with another one uh, arriving next month and uh, 21 grandchildren.
7: What do you think the Mokopuna make of these sorts of occasions?
3: Well, luckily we have three of them with us. Uh, One is how old is Te too? He's mm, five months no, seven months old uh, we have uh, uh, Katarina who's come back from Los Angeles uh, and she is a year and one month and we have Everson who told me at the Papa yesterday that he was six years and not five years old, but they will tell us eventually uh, what impressions they had of this affair. Otherwise, I, you know, we can only speculate.
7: I <laughs> suspect, what do you, what do you hope that you enter Te Heiko leave your mokokunai?
3: The most central thing of all is our hope that they are going to be good people.
7: And so how have you tried to instil that in your, in your children and your mokopuna? Because it doesn't just happen.
3: <laughs> I guess it's a matter of showing them that you love them. Uh, Encouraging their parents and their cousins and siblings to look at them in that way as well, and uh, and it happens.
7: Any other thing you'd like to say at this time, at the Papa?
3: I guess if, if in the end they achieve as much as their grandmother, Tehei Kaukau, then. I would be delighted.
7: And I suspect if they achieve as much as you did, she would be. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Kia ora, junior
0: Mataira, husband of Katarina Mataira. More details about the Lingua Pax Award and Katarina Mataira can be found at our website radionz.co.nz forward slash
1: Tāne Mete and Taiaroa Royal have been at the forefront of Māori dance for well over 20 years.
0: And they're now paving the way with works developed that pay tribute to their
4: Māori tanga.
1: As Mariah found out when she met with them backstage at Te Papa a few weeks back.
4: Kia ora, ko Tāne Mete hau, no te te I'm from Napier and been living in Auckland for the last 18 years.
5: Uh, kia ora I'm Tairoa Royal I'm Tiaroa Kawa in Kaitahu and I'm from Rotorua and I've been living in Auckland for the past 26 years
0: Now and I'm at Ihakaaki and I'm sitting in the dressing room uh, of Taiaroa and Tane who will be performing their piece Tamamad. and I'm looking at your dressing rack there and I can see some
4: fabulous red shoes yes
0: and some beautiful what is that is it like a, a little rara dress
4: well you could say a rara dress actually <laughs> yes it is and it's a, it's purple and red and with a shot of a shot of a, a, blue. a blue as well yeah. and it's a, quite a glamorous costume and the costume designer of our costumes for Tamama is
5: Elizabeth Whiting
4: and she's given us a great selection of amazing outfits
5: our costume is um is part of act it comes in on the end of act 1 and takes us through to act 2 but it slowly gets taken off so yeah
0: and this is because the work Tamama is an autobiographical work of both of your lives that's, that's
5: right yes it is it's uh, autobiographical work when Tani and I started work, uh, talking about Tamama we we found that we have very similar upbringings, very similar career paths, um, and um, we wanted Tamama to reflect that. So yeah.
0: But you'd worked together over the years, Nina?
4: Yes, we have. Tani and I have been working together on and off for the last, I would say since 1990, Mm.
5: really, eh? It would be. It would be, that's quite a little while, 17 years, 19 years, sorry. But we've kind of known each other beyond that. Um, We both went through the New Zealand School of Dance, and um, Tane was a couple of years after me, and so, you know, we we both knew of each other, yeah.
0: So how does it feel to be referred to as New Zealand Dance Royalty?
4: Mm. It's interesting because... That's a person's percep- perception of us. I guess what what we, Ty and I, are about is that we are still using our bodies and we are still active within the community because it can be quite hard to let go of that. And uh, because, because Ty and I, we're still using our bodies and we're still very much active within the dance community and we're still performing out there, I think people are quite surprised that people of of our ages can still manage to have quite a high schedule, quite a full schedule within a year, performing, choreographing, teaching and owning their own company. It's quite a heavy schedule to sort of map that all in. Um, so you're
0: talking because you're both in your forties?
5: Well I'm almost barely. Yeah. I've got two more years before I'm fifty, so so (laughs) Equita. I know, I
4: know.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And you know, often we hear about ballet dancers. You know what they Strain go through with it. their bodies and the knees and things like that. So, I mean, it is an accomplishment, isn't it?
4: It is, and because contemporary dance, we we are we use our body in a different way. It's not just. Um, uh, I, I think we're more pliable with our bodies, and contemporary dance. You can you can manage the choreography through your, mm. you know, through your body mm. so you can choreograph things that fit your body and put it on other people mm. so it's okay.
5: Whereas classical is, has an aesthetic that it, it is confined by an aesthetic. And if you can't deliver that aesthetic to the classical audience, then you kind of, you know, your time is kind of over. You know, if you can't get your leg up to a certain height, whereas contemporary dance is a little bit more um, lenient, you know, and and as Tani said, with contemporary dance, it's of the day, so it's of your body, however your body's changing or developing um, fits the criteria of contemporary dance, really.
0: I mean, it would be fair to say, though, that you two are the pākeke of the dance scene in terms of Māori dancers, though,
5: eh? Yes, yes, I yes. I, I, yes. Pretty much. I mean, they're, <coughs> yeah, I mean, we we both have worked with other another Māori dance company um, and um, they they always, you know, treat us as pākeke and respect us as as elders in, in, in the dance community. Um, and, yeah, I guess, yeah.
4: And I guess it's because um, not only uh, have we we've danced with New Zealand's elite, I I would say, Mm. for a number of years, and to be able to withstand their discipline, their way of working, their choreographies is quite demanding, and still come out and still be performing and producing our own work, it's quite an accomplishment.
0: So, Tane, by elite, you're talking about people like Michael Parmenter and Douglas Wright.
4: That's right, exactly. Yeah. And also dancing alongside amazing people as well. There, there are there are people that are from New Zealand that aren't dancing here anymore. They actually dance in Europe. We've also danced alongside Ursula Rob, Matthew Smith, mm. Claire O'Neill. These are mm. other names that Sarah are quite Sarah Jane Howard. Sarah Jane Howard. These are quite prominent dance names. Mm. Um, but Ty and I are pretty much the most consistent Māori dancers in New Zealand. Mm.
0: So what is it that made a Māori boy from Napier get into dance? Because, you know, it's not the usual.
4: It's not the usual coming from <laughs> Napier, and my background didn't steer towards dance. It you were towards, brought up in
0: Marainui, ne? I was
4: brought up in Marainui, and it steered more towards being involved in gangs and being involved mm. in criminal activity. So I knew from a, a, a very early age that I was different and I liked the creative arts. And I always liked to draw. So my, my interests laid somewhere else. And so how I got interested is I, um, the TV programme Fame was a big...
0: Yeah, it was. It <laughs> was a
4: big, big thing for me. And I wanted to be like Leroy and I wanted to wear the same kind of clothes and I wanted to dance, but I had no formal training. Once I went to see some friends dance in Napier... I was hooked and I started the next week. So it was really about following what I really wanted to do and ignoring what people said and kept doing it.
0: And Ty, was that a similar experience for you?
5: Um, Growing up well, in Okarika and the, 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 Rotorua? The, the gangs, no, <laughs> definitely not. Um, no, I'm from a farming background and the, the family's farm is still in Okarika. Um, I always loved to dance when I was little um, at family functions, 21st weddings, I was always up on stage in front of the live band dancing. Um, But I didn't realise you could do it as a career, and it wasn't until I was at um, my second year at university um, doing a horticultural degree (laughs) that um, I saw an ad in the listener um, advertising for dancers and choreographers to go to an international course in Australia. And um, because I had done a bit of disco and was the disco champ of Bay of Plenty for 1978, I thought, hey, it can't be too hard. So I applied, um, and they wrote back to me saying, I'm sorry, because you haven't had any formal training, we can't accept you. So I, But then they referred me to the National Ballet School at the time. Um, and I, so I wrote down to them and, and got an audition date, got in, and, yeah, the rest is kind of history. But, um, yeah, I've always been interested in, in dancing yeah.
0: and for both of you I mean veering towards the contemporary dance scene you know that's not something that people necessarily equate Māori with being interested in
4: no that's right no. that's right it, 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 is, it is it is very interesting that two Māori boys on, in two different parts of the countries fell into the t- same um, uh, creative creative outlet dance and actually, we, that when we did cross paths, um, that we were, would eventually come together. But it wasn't really until Ty and I started talking more about Tawamaa. We had worked with all these dance companies and felt like that because we had danced with so many people and companies, that we were, in a way, assisting them to produce their own work.
0: Rather than getting your own
4: stories out there. Rather than getting on our own waka and rowing our mm. own canoe we were always voicing other people's works, and they ended up being quite good works and prominent works. So when Tai and I decided to come together and started talking about Tamama, we really started to realise that there was a lot that we had in common through our upbringing, through our Fano, through the way that we actually live our lives. That brought us closer together. And, um...
0: So Tanya it's almost like a, there was a degree of <coughs> inevitability that you would end up forming your own dance company and producing your own works.
4: That's right. And people for a long time had said, when are you going to do your work? Mm -hmm. When are you going to do your own thing? You know, you're always... They were badgering us saying, when Mm -hmm. are you going to do your thing? Because we're always, you know, doing great things with other companies.
5: Yeah, and also too, because we um, were... In these companies together, a lot of the time the choreographers would choreograph duets on us and so people would see us together on stage in a duet kind of um, situation. And so, like Tony said, it was inevitable that we you know, came together and, and, and um, decided to create works about, about us, yeah. Or
0: well, about Māori experience. About
5: Māori experiences. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So have you ever felt you know, in your career that you've compromised your taha Māori
5: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, in what way? Well, in the, but the main effect of going to a Pākehā institute and learning a Pākehā discipline for me was compromising my taha Māori. I, I always knew in my heart that I, was, I am Māori and there's nothing negating that at all and that um, I know that when I am ready, I will return to that. Um, but what has helped me is... Um, I've learnt a discipline that I can apply to my Taha Maori and create something that's unique and create something that, that is me.
4: Yeah.
0: And what about you, Tani?
5: I guess
4: that yes, it it, it it um for me this the same idea, I had to step away from my fano, from the marai, from the Taha Maori in a way, to Find a voice, find a path in dance to actually get in there. Now that I feel that Ty and I are both established, we can actually start steering our own direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the direction that we want to take, is to work with return. So I feel like for the years of of Mm -hmm. finding the discipline, we're able to go away now, take that discipline, and create work that suits us. And it seems that our voice... um, as Maori artists is really coming alive, mm. and we definitely want to want to collaborate with many uh, Maori artists in New Zealand, mm. and I think that's the way that we're now being able to give back. Mm. Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, in your in your careers to date, I mean, you've seen and <coughs> experienced, you know, big world things, mm. so your view of the world has expanded. I mean. How then has it been to to go home to see your whānau where maybe their worlds, you know, have remained as you knew they would be when you left?
4: It's humbling going home because it's still the same and, you know, your whānau are your whānau and I always know that I'm going to have the kind of whānau nurturing that I'm going to get. Um, In terms of... Because being away on tour and seeing the world... I mean, it's an amazing, and, and it does it expands your mind and your experience on how you see the world and how you view many issues. But going home for me, it yes, it is quite small, but I actually I love it. I love it that I can return back to my roots and get a bit of home soul food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get back
5: in the kitchen and do the dishes mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff,
4: and it's it's good.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm yeah my my fam- my are very supportive my extended family um my parents have both passed away so um it's just me and my brother my brother and my sisters now so um and i 'm the kaitiaki of our of our um our of our um homestead back in Okaraka, so um it's it's a whanau home and it always will be a whanau home but um going going back there because um Okaraka is a the farm is very isolated from from Rotorua city itself it's my little haven it's where i go back and rejuvenate and um recuperate and and go away from from the rest of the world and you know put my hands in the soil and um and just reconnect with with the land really um and and the and the lake the lake the land um the farm the homestead and mount tarawera are my kind of rocks yeah, that's where I go. That's where I go to to um, yeah, be sane.
0: <laughs> what about your nephews and nieces? I mean, do you do you recognise any dancing uh, uh, yeah. proteges coming yeah, up there?
4: Definitely. I s- actually, and yeah, I do. I do have a couple of couple of nieces and nephews who have got more on the musical side, not necessarily the dance, but more on the music they they like. And even my own son. He likes editing and and cutting his own music, and I think that's brilliant.
5: Yeah, I've got um, grand nephews. It's an, it's skipped a generation for oh, me. Got yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're they're um, they're they're taking, and I think because they're growing up in the day and age of of video music videos, everything's mm-hmm. so accessible to them now that um, they have access to you know any type of type of style of dance and and and. Um, one of my grandnephews, well, actually three of them, they all came to see Tamama in October last year and absolutely loved it. And they're, they're between the ages of three and um, nine, so and they loved it. And the oldest one, Kalani, is all, he's a very talented all-round sportsman and um, kapahaka, dance, hip-hop, crumping, singing, mm. he's, he's got it all. So he loves coming to see see me perform because I take him on another journey, I mm-hmm. expose him to another mm-hmm. another type of 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 dance, but another i yeah I open up his mind more yeah. to, to where he is at the moment so yeah and
0: what about in terms of in terms of your body I mean over the years, you know a lot of us treat our bodies as just vehicles you mm-hmm. know just mm-hmm. to get you around. Yeah. I mean, for you two, where your body is so necessary to what you do, I mean, have you found yourself establishing a, a relationship with your tinana that you know has come through because of the work that you do?
4: Definitely, I, w- I would say yes. Mm. And um, what's really connected, connected, especially through the making of Tamama, mm. I feel like I'm more grounded now than I, ever, than mm. I have ever been. I've done the years of jumping and fleeting and big crashy throw myself around, you know, strain strain muscles and injuries for other companies. This one, the piece Tamama, allows us to to experience our body where it is right now and to mature with our bodies in quite a an experienced way. Because the show what it's doing for us is that when it audience looks at it. It's very, very challenging. So through the experience that we both have with our bodies, we're able to to take it to a place where it can can, can stay and be maintained. Maintenance is, is a high priority when you're a dancer and we've been able to do that. We've maintained our bodies really well because mm. as they say, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> so we're still using it. We're still out there and we're still, yeah. Creating creating great work
5: mm. I think I've, I noticed and because we've we've performed Tamama in Hamilton and Auckland this tour, and um, and I just noticed after both Hamilton and Auckland seasons that after every performance um, my I, I felt my body was feeling really good, and I think it 's because we 're doing our movement um, we 're doing movement that that is suited to our bodies whereas i 've been on in other companies where after a show I've just been a wreck. You know, I haven't been able to walk or the next morning I haven't been able to get out of bed, you know, those sorts of things. But I think with Tamama it's a it's a little bit different because the the way it's structured, it takes you it takes not only the audience on a journey, but it takes us and our and our tenant on on our journey as well. Mm-hmm. Of our journey of of um of warming kind of warming up and then cooling down. So that it, it peaks it peaks like that. Um But personally, I I I, I like to throw myself around, and um, (laughs) and I think um, yeah, I mean you know I've I've come from a gymnastic background, so uh, you know I kind of like being thrown around. Yeah.
0: Is it lucrative financially? Is it lucrative?
4: (laughs) Mm, No. You have to love. No, it's not. I can definitely say no. No. Um, But we have to love what we do in order to sustain. To, to want to hang on in there. Mm. We hope that Tamama will sell internationally and there potentially could be a lucrative moment,
5: um, but that would be about it. Yeah, hopefully if we go overseas we'll recoup all the energy and um, the amount of time that Tani and I have put into it because we put a hell of a lot of energy in, into Tamama and um, for very little uh, remuneration. So mm. so hope that that's the aim, is to... Sell it overseas and get the uh, international dollar into our pockets, and yeah, then then we'll hopefully yeah, we'll be live up. like royalty. <laughs> <laughs> so how else
0: do you live?
4: Well, it's great because Ty and I were both very versatile. We perform a lot. We choreograph for different organisations for different shows. We also teach, mm. um, and basically whatever 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 pays those bills, yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
5: basically. Yeah, that's what Tani said before. We're having to juggle all of these, um, all of these balls up in the air, to, in order for us to get Tamama on the road, get Okaraka established, pay our bills, <coughs> make earn a living to pay our bills. We have to basically do all, have about three or four jobs on the go in order to survive. And um, the aim is to be supported through Okaraka Dance Company, um, and that hopefully will happen very soon yeah
0: so as teachers are you recognizing as is there a strain of maori dance practitioners coming through
4: there is mm. and there are mm. there are there's another great dance company called atamira collective and they've, it's a great organization they've got great choreographers dancers and there's an influx of of Māori dance is coming through I was just talking to a teacher at the New Zealand School of Dance Today, Helen Winchester And she said they've got three Māori girls mm-hmm. that, that are in the school mm-hmm. For Māori women to actually come through Dance is It's a great thing Because mm-hmm. they're yeah, very rare I mean,
0: cause As a wahena Māori I, I um, You know, growing up It was the thing around modesty mm-hmm. Around covering your tinana, You know, and mm-hmm. All, all of us, all my cousins, we all wore baggy clothes, yeah. you know. Mm. And you only really got comfortable with your body maybe last year. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. no, but you know. Yeah. Yes,
5: that's so true. Uh, it, it is, and it's, it's. I think it's a Pacific, it's a Maori and Pacific Island thing, as as for a Polynesian thing as well. Mm, with the women, particularly with because
4: women. there are there, you have to be very open minded to be a dancer, and you have to be. Ready for everything. So, and there are cultures that that would feel a bit sensitive towards, uh, you know, the crotch yeah. area, yeah. the groin, yeah. and in between the legs. Yeah. There are positions where, oh, or it's, it's, there are positions where it's it's compromised. It's
0: funny though, eh? Because then you think how much of that is colonized thinking?
5: A lot, a lot, a lot of it is. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of it's, con- um, yeah yeah definitely i think um i've worked with um maui uh, One Man against gods and there was definitely you know it, it is in and and maori copapa it's it's not um you know it's it's kind of not not i mean there are there are um tikanga that are uh, that have the women very sacred which is which is you know uh, true it's 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 um vital because they are the uh um, so they are they are brought up, you know, to be very very sacred. But but that whole, um, I think I think in Maori and, and Pacific cultures, the whole um, man woman thing is is um, celebrated, you know. And I think it is colonization that has kind of gone. Oh no, you can't you can't show that. You can't you've got to cover up your bodies. And you know, whereas you know in the Pacific Islands, the women used to go topless and you know be really um, proud of their bodies. Mm. But it wasn't until the white man came along and said, "Oh no, you can't do that," and cover up.
4: with all of that. Yes. Mm.
0: So, have you ever found yourself um, really pushing at that?
5: Well, I mean, in a lot of the companies that Tony and I've worked with, we've been naked or semi-naked, and we've always, um, as, as far as men are we're concerned, um, we've always been fine with that. Um, I. I have not been in a production where I have had any wahine um, naked um, in, in the show, but um, I think it, it really, it's a its a pers- <coughs> personal thing for the individual and if they feel it is pertinent to the work, um, then I think it, it's appropriate, but I've never been in a work where um, wahine have been compromised at all.
0: Now, is this a stereotype that people just make that dancers are all takatapui?
4: That is a stereotype. Mm. It is. It's very stereotypical that a lot of male performers, dancers, actors in the industry, performing arts industry, are takatapui. However, that's not true. There are many, there are many um, heterosexual... Men and women in, in dance And in performing
5: arts I actually think there was a time there Where takatapu were becoming scarce In, in the dance world It was, it was turning into um, a heterosexual um, career um, It's only been, I think, in the last Maybe three or four, maybe even five years Where um, the population of takatapu has, has increased But um, I just think um, takatapu are able to express themselves. Um, so it does contribute oh, to the Oh definitely, definitely. You know, and you're dealing with um, with all kinds of different issues like Takatapu are very in tune with their feminine and masculine sides. So they, they are able to show those sides, especially in a performance. You need to be able to be strong <coughs> but also soft and you know, you need to be able to portray those those um, traits. So yeah.
4: And because being takatapu you also we're all y you, we're marginalized. And there are so many things that we have to push forward of it's not every time that we can we, we can't we can't take for granted that we can walk anywhere in the world mm. in the street and be accepted.
5: Mm.
4: There are places as we uh, mm. as we like to dress mm. if we can't go everywhere in the world mm. we'll be discriminated against
0: and then as maori that's another yeah, level that's of that's discrimination another, that's, that's another that minority
4: thing, yeah. as well mm. and so being maori there's this. Ty and I ended up in Kentucky, mm.
5: Cincinnati. In,
4: in Cincinnati, Kentucky, Kentucky very yeah. redneck, mm. very white, mm. male, uh, very white dominated area. We were sitting in a barber and I was getting my hair cut in Kentucky mm. with a very white supremacist community and we were the only brown faces <laughs> in, that we saw yeah.
5: in the street. Everywhere. We were with a friend, so he was able to soften everyone. So it, like he was a local? He local. was a local, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he was able to, you know, we were with him, so that obviously everyone in the barber store, oh yeah, they're okay because they're with him, he's a local, we know him, so it was <coughs> kind of okay. However, yeah, however if we yeah. were by
4: ourselves, I think yeah. it would have been a totally yeah. different story. Yeah.
0: But then, I mean, wouldn't it be the same if you took a Pākehā mate exactly. back to Marainui?
4: No. Um no no not ah uh, be looked at be looked at differently yeah. but I think if there's a, a there'd be a there'd be a, a little bit more acceptance than yeah. the vice yeah, versa yeah. I think um,
0: possibly because Tikanga Māori would come into play mm, you know that's yes, still a visitor yeah
4: that's right yeah, yeah that's right
5: I I also think we. as we we we're, we're unique so in 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 that respect that we probably can't go. Um, to a lot of places, there are places that will just op- um, welcome us with open arms because of um, who we are and what we do. Um, so in that respect, I also think that, um, yeah, it's it, it, that's a positive thing about being takatāpui, is that we, we do, um, I consider us as vehicles for... Um, you know, for telling for telling stories, mm. and and portraying and communicating with people exactly.
4: And the Takatapwe that was the gift mm. that the Takatapwe have. They were the caregivers mm. of knowledge, mm. they're caregivers of story and of craft. And so, I feel that as far as tikanga goes, we are both continuing mm. that mm. idea. Yeah. It's not that I put my sexuality first because I always I know that I'm Maori. That's that that's a given for me. Um, you know. Uh, the words that I speak might say my sexuality first. I mean, I don't introduce myself as being Māori first or if people want to know about me, because um, to me that's, that's an obvious given, really. Uh, however, it, yes, of course, without saying, you know, I, I will, I, I will um, uh, include that I'm Māori first, I would actually say that. Mm. Um, and then my takatāpui. To me, because there are times and places where it is best just to keep clean about things and of course the obvious and I'll introduce myself as Maori and my personal life is my personal life so I'll keep that to myself.
5: I mean the mere fact that the colour of my skin, you know, people saw me in the distance. They would they would see me as probably as Maori. Depending on how I'm behaving, then they might go Takatapui. But definitely if I'm if I'm just there as as a person being being neutral, they would see this colour of my skin first. And then if I maybe, you know, if I started to move or talk, then they would go takatapui, so definitely Māori first, Mm. yeah.
0: Now, in the work Tamama, you explore those things, don't you? Yes,
5: Yes. it's a very,
4: big because being who we are, that means being truthful, being honest about who we are. And if we want to talk about honesty, yes, Tainai, uh, takatapui, we are both. Uh, We've been drag queens and uh, we've toured the world in drag. Mm. We are dancers, we are male we are um, masculine, male as well. Mm-hmm. So we we mm-hmm. feature our gender, our sexuality, our maleness, our manliness within the piece. Mm-hmm. You know, coming back around, what what Ty and I have been talking about lot, a lot lately is honesty. Yeah, be yourself, be true, and people will hear that and see that. And yeah.
5: for, as for an example, um, Annie Kramer came. She's been to see Tamama four times. Um, and she said to me, I spoke to her the other day, and she said to me, we all look up to you guys because you guys are honest, you guys are up there and you're putting yourselves up on stage, and she said there are a lot of artists out there, Māori, Polynesian, who have yet to discover that, and um, for me, I thought coming from her um, was just, you know, it was, it, it, it was um, basically, she summed it up, really, and, and it is. We, we, are, we are putting ourselves out there on the stage, being honest, like Tani said, being truthful, and a lot of uh, established artists are acknowledging that and going, "I want to, I want to do that too."
0: Yeah. Well, I'm. It's liberating. Yeah. Hey, liberating. it's it's kind of freeing, and for uh, say a young Māori boy trying yeah. to, yeah. you know, I can yeah. see how this seeing something like this yeah. could really free them.
4: Yeah. Absolutely, and we we encourage. Um, we encourage people to come along yeah. and not only to yeah. see it but to I think, I believe that they, there would be something that they could mm. identify with mm. somewhere within the show whether it be the costume the film, what I've seen before the maleness, the testosterone the femininity, being a mother all of those yeah. all of those things are explored within Tamama and just the sheer experience of seeing a high quality work
5: and I also don't think we're restricting ourselves to Maori. No. there are a lot of Paekiera out there who are also um, rela- relating to the show and 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 acknowledging um, and getting things from it as well, and getting messages and getting freedom from it as well. So yeah, it's it's mm. it's it's, it's cross cultural. I think it's a cross cultural show, and and cross ages as well.
4: Yeah. There is something for everyone in the world that they could relate to. Because we're not speaking, the power comes through our mm. movement and we're able to tell a story with our bodies and our expression and, um, you know, and that, that definitely comes out and there would be a message for, for nearly everyone in the mm. world to see.
1: Tāne Mete and Tairoa Royal, with Mariah Rakuraku speaking about being takatāpui gay, Māori, and wrapping that all together in an autobiographical work, Tamama, which tours again in October. Now, Mariah, Tamama had an impact
0: on you. It did. I mean, I'm no exponent of dance, but boy, when I saw Tamama, I did think at one stage, I'm watching real professionals here.
1: And if you head to our webpage radioNZ.co.nz forward slash te'ahika, there's more information about Tanimite and Taywa Royal and their dance company or Kareka.
0: And while there, why not look through our gallery of photos? There's photos from past shows, rodeo, super city hikoi, and artworks from Evelyn Kaweti. Here
1: is Fati Te Tewake again with his understanding of this week's Fakatoki.
6: It is from a rangatira who, from a rangatira up here, and his name was Tahimi Hinari, who said, Kotereo te, te Māori o te mana Māori. And I think that sort of sums up everything that's got to do with Te Reo Māori, with Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, and just us as a people striving to learn more about our beautiful language. Kotereo te or o te mana Māori. The language is the ethos, or life force, of the Māori people. Oh, kia ora, uh, ko tōku ingoa, ko Fatitiri te wake, um, ko Panguru te maunga, ko uh, Whakarapa te awa, ko te punai te o te whiratūpuna, ko te wairiki te hapū, uh, ko te ki hokianga te iwi, uh, rua te kau
0: Kia ora whatitiri, hoi no kua tai anō mātou ki te mutina a te
1: ka. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei
0: wiki. Ki ngā kaira wiki wiki mihini, ki ngā hoa mahi, kia ora rā. Hoki mai anō a wiki e te iwi, Mauri ora tata katoa.